Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. I'm 34 years old from Connecticut, born and raised, still work here. And I'm here to talk about uh, a previous relationship that I just got out of um, over the summertime and to really just have it as a good experience of what constitutes a healthy relationship, what you should have in terms of expectations when you are in a healthy relationship and what you're not getting if you're not in one. Um, and also as a way of trying to reprioritize things in your life that you really can sometimes put to the side for someone else when you're kind of wrapped up in a relationship. Um, and there's going to be shades of many things from prior episodes that I can go over too. Um, you know, dating someone from work, which is the situation and that you just talked about and things that, you know, you find yourself doing and in, in showing up for someone that's not being reciprocated or kind of signs to look out for when it comes to expressing some feelings and just some personal growth at the end of it in terms of reprioritizing yourself and, and kind of making yourself the main focus and then having someone be a nice compliment to that versus the other way around. I love how you just explained all of that because first of all, it is all so relatable. And I think anybody listening has already pinpointed something that they've experienced and that they are going to, you know, be excited to hear about. So I'm, I, and I also feel like within your story and within your experience, it is so clear how much hindsight you already have and how much you've learned from it. And so I'm really excited to get into that and, and hear all of that and hear about some of the growth that you've done since this relationship ended. So let's kind of take it back to the beginning. You mentioned that you guys met at work in some type of work setting. Um, when, when did this start? How did this happen? We met at work earlier this year, back in March. Um, we work in different departments, different floors. Um, she had moved here from out of state in August of last year. Um, and because of COVID reasons, we weren't really in the building and seeing people yet until earlier this year. And so that's kind of what kickstarted it. And uh, we have a mutual friend um, that I've known for many years because both of us have worked in the same place for many years. And when she moved up here, she got to know this other person. And um, I had mentioned to this mutual friend that I had noticed her earlier this year and just wanted to see what the deal was. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, she's single. You should totally, you know, come meet her. And this mutual friend actually had a birthday party in mid-March and said, she's going to be there. You should come too. It's going to be at my house for my birthday. And I went and we met there and kind of just started talking and hit it off a little bit. And, um, and then things moved pretty quickly because, you know, she didn't know too many people around here and was having a good experience and exchanged numbers that day at the birthday party. And six days later, the following weekend, we went on our first date and I took her out to, to dinner at one of my favorite places in the state. So we started there and um, just ended up kind of starting to correspond a little bit more. Um, 
and then just kind of went into a really, really positive period. Like the first couple of months, I would say, are, you know, we kind of hit the traditional honeymoon phase where we were starting to talk more and more. First, it was every few days, then every other day. And then by about the one month to month and a half mark, we were talking every day and texting every day. We would try and factor each other into our plans at least once a week on the weekends because we had different shift schedules at work. I was more traditional and she was more kind of like a half second, half third shift schedule. So we were trying to make each other uh, a priority on the weekends, at least if not maybe on a weeknight for dinner and um, just started to get to know each other. And because of this mutual friend, we were able to kind of mesh with some other people from work and kind of that period from earlier in the year where, again, we were starting to get back in the building. We were starting to lift some COVID restrictions. So we were starting to kind of re-engage with some old friends in the building that we hadn't seen in almost two years. And it was nice to kind of do that with her because there were people that I already knew and I was already friends with or who were already familiar with me. Um, but we kind of ingrained ourselves in this little circle at the same time. And we started to have a little group and we started to do stuff together as the group, but also stuff individually as well. So kind of like the perfect was, progression and ideal way to start something. And it's yeah. like and a I great also, flow. Exactly. And I also had, you know, the feather in my cap of everyone that she was meeting through work were her main friendships being new to the area. And so they already knew me and already vouched for me. So right. I already had the seal of approval from people that she was getting to know and become friends with um, from the get go. So that was really positive. Um, so we were having a really good time and we were, you know, making some plans together and we were doing some things together and getting to know each other better. Um, but there's a couple of things I would say around month two was where it started to change a little bit because of many reasons. And one of them being that, uh, now that things were starting to open up again with COVID and travel was starting to be a little more normal this year. Um, I had come to learn that, you know, pre COVID, she was a big traveler which I'm always a big proponent of as well. I just didn't do as much of it as she used to do. And she just said, hey, I have a lot of stuff planned this summer. I have weddings to go to. I have, you know, uh, things already on the calendar. She was going to go to Ireland for, you know, 12 days because her sister lives out there. Like, you know, there was just this, these things that were already pre-planned that were, you know, made aware or I was notified about, and then we would just kind of navigate and have to modify it from there. And so when that started, um, I, I think what kind of initially started it was right before the first trip, uh, it was about two months in and we had gone on our, on a date on a Saturday and we were kind of driving home and I was dropping her off at home and, you know, I was developing stronger and stronger feelings for her. And so I just figured, I just want to let her know. I want to communicate and I want to say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And I said, Hey, this is, you know, I don't know how you feel at the moment, but over the last couple of months, I really started to click with you and you've, you know, in my mind and in my gut, you're someone that I really want to explore something with more than just what we're doing. And I want it to be, you know, I'm not really interested in, in exploring anything with anybody else. Like that's you're you're my focus and this is where my feelings lie. And she was really receptive to that but she didn't fully say I do too. Like she was kind of cutting it in the middle a bit where she said, that's really nice. She said that, you know, it means, it means a lot to hear. Um, but that the phrase she kept throwing out was that she just moves really slowly with these things. How did you feel about getting that response? Um, 
the that time it was a little bit disappointing but it was also a little bit understandable because half of my brain was like oh i hope she says yes too but also half of my brain's like i know i'm a little early with it but i'd rather just be honest from now than just try and hold something back because i just feel like it's always better to communicate in general versus not totally so um yeah so it was a little bit of half and half but i'm like okay you know, I didn't want to put pressure on anything. I didn't want to upset anything. And I'm just like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And then we can always, you know, reassess later on. So we do that. She goes on the first trip, which is a um, a wedding, you know, out to the West Coast. And it just was a little bit odd because all of a sudden I didn't hear from her while on the trip. You know, we would usually talk every day. And then over the trip, I might have heard maybe twice from her in a span of about six days, just a couple of individual sporadic messages. And, and that was a little bit different because I thought we would still be in touch. I thought we would still be doing something and it was just a, you know, kind of a little throw off moment, but I try not to overthink it. And when she got back, she's, you know, she texted me when she, you know, was in the terminal when she got back and just said, Hey, I'm back. What are you doing later on? And then we got together again and then we kind of reengaged a little bit and, it kind of entered this pattern where there were so many things and so many destinations stacked up on the calendar that we would be together and engaged and talking a lot when she was here doing like the, the work and home routine back and forth. And then when she had these things going on, she would go do those and it would be kind of like a dead period. And so we were kind of in this kind of back and forth situation after a couple of times I was wondering like, well, okay, like, is this, I, I didn't know how to really interpret it either way. And by the time that we actually brought it up again, I asked her again about a month later before the big abroad trip, because I knew she'd be gone for a long time. This was about three months into it now. And I said, Hey, I know it's been another month. I know we're at three months now. I know we talked about this once. I don't want to like bug you with it, but you know, especially with these things coming up and especially because we've still gotten to know each other as well. Like we started to have a physical relationship in the last month as well. So, you know, I still want to reiterate that this is something that's very important to me and you are very important to me. And this is something that I value and consider one of the best pieces of, of my life right now. And I just kind of got the same response back where she was very appreciative. She was very affectionate and she was very, you know, it, it just means means the world to hear that kind of response. Um, but she still said, I'm still where I'm at a month ago where I just move super slowly with these things. And, you know, I've been burned in the past. I've had some experiences in the past. And there's other reasons why um, I'm, I'm saying this, but that my overall opinion is still where it is. So did we're kind of she, stuck in with it. Yeah. And in, in that explanation both times, like did other than saying, you know, I move slowly and giving some reasons why, like, did she ever, was there ever a conversation about like ways that you guys could progress still slowly, but like more towards what would work for her in terms of moving forward? Um, not too much. Uh, I think she said, you know, something along the lines of basically I like, she liked where things were. She was comfortable where things were. She liked me. She wasn't interested in pursuing anything with anybody. She wasn't talking to anybody else or, or dating anybody else. So she was focused on me and she liked it that way. And we had something in her mind that was positive. 
It yeah. was just that she was in, you know, either it was a, a timeline thing, personal preference thing. Maybe it's a little bit of, you know, being burned before and, and wanting to give it more time. I mean, that part's a little unclear, but I know she was just still kind of, you know, not trying to rock the boat if the boat is still pretty happy at the moment type of thing. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, it was a little bit, you know, there's a couple of things and there's some some behavioral things. I guess we can kind of zoom out a little bit because after everything happened, when I was kind of going through everything after it ended, I had these big takeaways in my head, which is that number one, even though it might line up perfectly on paper, it doesn't always work out that way in practice, of course, which, you know, sounds kind of obvious, but it's still a good example of something like that happening. And I say that because most of the things that we were doing were what kind of propelled me to keep asking her about that because all the behaviors, all the actions that I was seeing from her and all the progressions that we were doing would suggest something. And if the people that I would talk to, some coworkers, both male and female, those mutual friends that we would start to hang out with and get their opinions on things, like they were all kind of singing the same song as me. They were kind of almost assuming like, well, this is what it is. And even though we didn't put an official title on it, it was kind of like assumed that it kind of unofficially was and that she was kind of the lone person that was not acknowledging it that way or just kind of treating it as like, we're doing all this stuff, but that doesn't mean this. Whereas the rest of us are like, it kind of does mean this. So right. it's kind of that like interpretation disconnect, I guess, to some degree. So Yeah, I, I feel like I get a lot of questions about that when I do AMAs and, and have people send listener questions of like, well, what does it mean if like we're acting like we're in a relationship, but they say they're not ready yet or everything seems perfect on paper, but you know, like why did they walk away or why do I feel like they're one foot out the door? And it is so tough because in that situation that you're in, it's like literally everyone is like, this is going well. You know, like we always ask our friends, our family, whoever, our coworkers, whoever's around us and can see it. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think they're into as into me as I'm into them? Like, have you heard them say anything? And when you have every single person reassuring you that everything is going really well, except for the right. one person that's in it with you. Right. But their actions are showing that it is, and their words aren't matching that. It's so fucking confusing. Yeah, it is. Like, I'll, you know, you could, you could line everything up. You know, it's like, you know, friends from our building at work, check, seal of approval. Friends who came up from her previous place and visited her here that I met for the first time, check, got the seal of approval. Uh, she... Uh, adopted a rescue dog at her previous place before moving up here, which was a very, very, very big component of her world and was very, very important for anybody who was going to be in that world. And over time, uh, I was able to kind of get in and, and have a nice little bond with the dog to the point where we kind of had our little like two parents in the, in the, in the fur child situation going on. We'd take it for walks and we'd go take it in the car and you know, the, the, the first time that she let me walk it without her there or the first time she let me have the leash and let me go ahead a little bit because she trusted me was huge. Like milestone wise, it's like that shows a big level of comfort yeah. that was really comforting to me. So all of these things, you know, um, starting to spend nights like after a while, about three months in, most of our dates were just like going out and going home. 
then all of a sudden, after a couple of these trips, we would start to just kind of assume that when we'd hang out, we'd spend the night. So it was either at our place or her place. And then there would be a day that she just volunteered to come over and work from home at my place and bring the dog. And it was perfect. Like it was a perfect day. She just came over. We worked from home. We did our thing. We had the dog. We took the dog for a walk, made her dinner at night and and watched a movie and then spent the night. And it was just like, it was the thing that I was envisioning earlier on. And, yeah. and I'm like, oh, so this is now it's happening a little. And then, and then, you know, just all these little cues that come up a little bit. Um, but there's also some, some specific little like anecdotes that can kind of throw little wrenches into that, that we can also talk about too coming up. Yeah. I want to hear those because I mean, I, it's like, I almost don't even have to put myself in your shoes because I've been in your shoes. And when you are going through the motions, it's like, there is nothing that you explained just now that does not sound like a relationship, like two people in a committed relationship to each other. And that's the one of the I think most complicating and confusing parts about dating is that you can be doing that with somebody and to you it's one thing and to them somehow it's something different and I've been that person where it's like well I've met all of their friends I've met their family we're spending five nights a week together we talk non-stop that is a relationship and then they hit me with like I really like what we're doing, but like, I'm not looking to, you know, commit to anyone or I'm not trying to settle down. Like, I don't want a relationship. And I want to just scream and say, we are dating. Like all of the things we are doing, all of the things you are saying, all of the milestones we've had, like that is a relationship, whether or not you want to like believe that it is. And it's so, so frustrating. Like it makes like people can't see like my physical reaction to this right now but it's like yeah I'm so uncomfortable thinking about it just because it's so confusing and frustrating right so the the there's two anecdotes that we can segue into one of them is a reinforcement and the other is where we start to see some some flags pop up in behavior and so the reinforcement one is that now we've done the overnight thing. We're still doing this. There's been some flag anecdotes since then, which is kind of like a little bit uneasy, but it's still mostly we're still in it for the most part. Over the summertime, uh, one of her friends who from her previous place came up to visit her for the weekend and we were all hanging out and, you know, came by, came by the pool here at my apartment. And then there was a concert that night for a very famous boy band that I won't say here. It's not the Jonas Brothers, unfortunately, but... It's uh, it's oh, still, man. I know it would have been poetic if it was, um, but Truly. it still was, um, it was still something that like, it was kind of like an impromptu thing. Like, Hey, me and her are going to go. If you want to come, you can. And I'm like, okay. And we all like had some drinks beforehand. We all Ubered to the concert. We were all having a good time. We all had lots of drinks. And even before the concert started, we were kind of out on the concourse where all like the food vendors and drink vendors are. And by this point, you know, we were all kind of feeling pretty loose and pretty well beveraged. And we were up at the food line and I was getting in line for like some chicken tenders, I think, and some fries. And there was like this taco place right next door. And she's a huge, huge Mexican food fan. So she was checking that out, comes back. And then I'm waiting in line. Someone comes up behind us in line and says, hey, you know, are these, are these, uh, this is food any good? I don't know if I should get something here if it's too expensive. And then she turns around unprompted and says to this guy, like, 
oh yeah, no, I think it's really good. I like the tacos, but my boyfriend likes the chicken tenders. So I'm like, oh, okay. First okay. time that, that word ever came out, ever. Whoa, and, I was not like, expecting you to say that. I know. It was like three and a half months in. Her friend from out of town, I just look around and she just kind of gives me this, oh crap, kind of look, you know, with her eyes. Like, you know, and I was, for the rest of the night, I was floating on air. You know, it was like, one of those things that was like, I, you know, didn't really matter. I'm just vibing to the concert, but like my head was in that for the rest of the evening. And so we go home and then, you know, spend the night and then we go back to work and then we do our thing. And so I'm like, this is great. Um, now, the other part, though, is that kind of mixed in between. There are these other behaviors and actions that kind of make me pause for a sec. So um, most of this stuff always kind of cracks people up that I have talked to about this because it's one of those like comedy of errors. But back in May, uh, we all went out with that friend group from work to do some karaoke and was, I, I admit it's not the smartest idea in the world, but we all went out and one of our coworkers was, you know, uh, was a DJ that night at the place we went to. And so we wanted to see him and lo and behold, all four of us got COVID and so we were all kind of around the same time sick. Now, it took me a whole extra week to test positive after she did. So it was a little bit weird where it just took a little bit longer. So she tested positive and had to isolate first. And so what I did was, is that like while she was doing that, I brought a care package over and just dropped it on the front step. You know, I've got some chips and salsa because of the Mexican food fan and I got her like a little, some, some vodka and, you know, her favorite, her favorite drink to make usually at home is just a simple vodka lemonade. So I got a bottle of vodka and a pack of crystal lights and threw them in there. And I got like a card and, you know, some, some chocolates or something, just like a little get well really soon thoughtful. while you're, you're quarantining thing. I dropped it off and, you know, she came out and I stood by the driveway and we talked and she was very grateful. So just a week later, I test positive. And so then now the fever starts to hit me and I start to have to do the whole isolation thing during the early days. And during those first couple of early days, didn't really hear from her very much. And so it was just like kind of we would text a little bit, we would talk and, you know, we would just kind of say, hey, how you doing? Just, you know, hope you're doing okay. But it was very normal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Like if it was just like, I might've gotten a cold or I might've just had a bad allergy attack or something. So like that was a little bit weird to me because of considering what just happened, it, it wasn't, it was just kind of like a different way of approaching things. And then right after that, if that wasn't enough, just two weeks later, um, she's coming back from a trip and she's stuck in an airport. She had a layover and her flight got canceled and had to find one out. And it's a Thursday morning and I'm here at home working from home. And all of a sudden I start to feel really uncomfortable. Um, and a long story short, all of a sudden I ended up having to go to the hospital because unbeknownst to me, I was going through appendicitis and didn't know it at the time. And so while I was at home, she was at the airport and I was like on my laptop kind of hunched over in pain, looking up flights, trying to get her back upstate here. And then after a while, I just like, Hey, I got to go. And my dad ended up having to come get me and bring me in. I ended up having an emergency appendectomy that day and was like sitting there and was just kind of like trying to keep in touch with her as much as possible. But then when I got home, 
you know, there just wasn't like, you know, like in my mind, if that were to happen to my partner, I would be racing over to their place as soon as I right. touch, touch the tarmac type of thing. Yeah. And instead it was very, just the same as the COVID situation. It was very like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me know how you're doing. And it was other than that, just kind of some basic communication in between that was not still trying kind to of actually like show up for you. Yeah. 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 So it's one of those, like, you know, again, not really words, but more action driven things that kind of came up and it just kind of made me pause a little bit. So what we was kind of the timeline thing. of that, like that versus the boyfriend comment? Like what? Yeah. So I would when? say if I had to put them in order. So the first time, the first time I told her I had feelings for her was probably early May. Then COVID happened in mid-May. And then I told her I had feelings for her again in mid-June. And then the surgery was the end of June, like maybe the week before Fourth of July. Boyfriend comment was right mid-July, maybe after Fourth okay. of July. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like these little peaks and kind of like hills and kind of like bouncing back and forth a little bit. And that's what makes it a little bit difficult where every time you start to bring it up and people were telling me when I was trying to get their advice, like you can't keep bringing this up over and over because you're going to push her away. And so yeah. I'm like, I get it. Like, you know, I, I get how that might sound, but at, at the end, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. And that's what I was kind of worried about the whole time is being on different pages. And ultimately when things ended up splitting, that was kind of the crux of why it ultimately happened was because of being on very different pages in terms of how we looked at things in general. How did that split come to be? Um, well, the split happened because, so this is probably, you know, late July or so we're back in more trip mode. So it was a little bit of a break. We had another couple of trips lined up. Same routine was happening where, you know, we weren't talking when she was traveling and then she'd get back and all of a sudden we'd re-engage every day. And it was kind of in this pattern. Um, I had gone, she had just gotten back from a trip that I was very uncomfortable with. Like some stuff happened on the trip that I was just very nervous about. And I didn't really know about what to, to do or how to bring it up or how to like properly talk about it. And we hung out for a night, we got some drinks and then I would say we spent the night at her place. But that night, I would say we probably got into our first disagreement. And this is, you know, four, almost five months in. So we weren't really doing that before then. Everything was still pretty, it was just positive. We just we had a regular functioning dynamic, I guess. But in that disagreement, it was the first time that she really showed her cards in terms of how those feelings were internalized. And maybe like with a little bit of a little bit of alcohol's help, I guess, to loosen it up a little bit, the filter kind of came down and I was able to learn a couple of things that I didn't really, at least I wouldn't say I didn't really know, but maybe I didn't know the full extent of just how ingrained those, those positions were. Like, you know, I was thinking that it was just one of those things that she had one of these positions at first, she was bringing that, those experiences to the relationship. And then over time, that enough time with me would help prove that this situation at least could be treated separately. And right. that just wasn't the case, unfortunately. And then I know that's very common too, that sometimes it's hard to do that, but um, that was a big disconnect. And I brought up a couple of these little examples over time and 
we would, you know, we had just had a nice night. We had done, you know, something together. I had this trip on my mind, but I didn't bring it up all night because we were with friends. And then finally we were back at her apartment. And as we're starting to, uh, to have the conversation, I, you know, I was like, we were talking about what we saw and what we had. And, you know, I just, again, in the spirit of communication, it all kicked off with me saying, Hey, you know, I really like doing these overnights with you. I like, I like being close with you. I like having this nice, intimate connection with you. Like, I wish we could do this more often. Um, because I know it's your travel schedule has been crazy and you know, it's just, we're having a hard time finding opportunity. Um, yeah. And so when I, when I just tried to communicate, basically my message to her was that, you know, our, our, our time together and our just alone time together was very important to me. And I just wanted to be able to make sure that that was still something that we prioritized and that we didn't get kind of get wrapped up in the group things and the travel things and the kind of like weekends that are shot because we're not around or whatever that is. And instead of kind of engaging and just trying to talk about it, her reaction basically was just kind of a shut off. Like the light switch just shut off and said, and she actually said to me like, Oh, that's just like you. Like we had, we, we had a great, we just had a whole great night together and here you are wanting more. Ooh. And I go, okay. I'm like, um, I, I didn't think of it that way. Like, that's not my intention. Like she goes, you know, why basically like, why can't we just be happy in the moment? where all of my conversations about what we are and what we're doing and, and establishing a further deeper connection, I guess, constitutes just wanting more and more and more. And she felt the pressure to keep up with that that she wasn't willing to do, or at least be, be ready or even capable of doing is probably a better way of putting it. And so those yeah. started to come out and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a little bit surprising, but what about the concert? Like you, you, know, you called me your boyfriend at this concert and I thought that we were on a certain level. And her response to that was, Oh, I goes, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't remember saying that. Oh my and God. I go, and I go, um, okay, well that changes things quite a bit. Oh my um, God. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. And so this is one of those things that like, there's so many, there's so many different ways of like, well, then what, what have we been doing this whole, like, uh, you know, the progress that we've had, the momentum that we've had, is that just been kind of an illusion have I been doing one thing? Have I been walking down one path and you're on the other path that we're still parallel to each other and go in the same direction, but we're just different paths? Like what's, what's going on? And so it's all of these things that kind of bubble up and these little behaviors and that, that can kind of like, you can point to these little instances of things that can happen and be like, oh, well, is it one thing or is it another thing? And it's, it's especially tough because neither of you did anything wrong. You know, you it's really difficult when one person is very communicative and the other person is not, not to say that she was wrong for not being communicative, but that because of her lack of communication, and maybe that comes from, you know, what she was dealing with internally or what she's been through or not knowing what she wants. Like you, the only option you had was to be left with, you know, kind of putting the pieces together with what you were given and something like that, like that boyfriend piece is such a big piece of the puzzle. And for her to not remember that, like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. It's just funny because in my mind, everyone we talked to, especially those people from the friend group, like we basically were doing everything couples do with the exception of two things. We didn't put the title on. So we didn't refer to ourselves as boyfriend, girlfriend, and we didn't throw the L word out. We didn't say the three words together. That's it. 
Everything else, if you were to take a random person off the sidewalk at, at, the, at the grocery store or wherever, you say, hey, how do these people look to you? They would say they're, they're a thing, you know? Yeah, they're, they're together. They're, they're a thing, yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's, and that's the weird part, even, even down to the day the split happened, the day I went over her place and she broke it off. She was just saying, you know, this is not, and this is kind of what our initial chat was on. This is kind of what made me think of, think of you and think of this podcast was because of the way you articulated some of these feelings was kind of the way that I've been articulating it a lot and never heard it phrased that way before you phrased it that way, which is that you feel like you did everything right and still came up short. And it wasn't even that thought in my own head. Like I was being told that um, by other people. When the night she broke it off, she lived, She said that out of her own out of her own mouth too. Like you did you did nothing wrong. This is this is me and my preference. And I don't like I didn't know what to do with that because how do I learn? How do I grow? How do I approach that in a new relationship? Like what do I do with that? In a way where it's like, well, I have nothing to show for it. But apparently, there's there's still improvements that have to be made. I just don't know what they are because I'm not being told by the person that needs to tell me. So yeah. it's it's very bizarre. Looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently to maybe um, end up not just in a different situation or with a different ending to this? The The only thing that comes to mind is that I think I would have tried to make it a little more clear when I told her how I felt that if she's, if she's not there, then she's got to let me know from the get, like not maybe from the get go, but at least be, at least have a little conviction behind it. At least be sure when you say that, because the night that everything split up, she was just, she was very, like, she had a lot of conviction. She was just like, I don't want a don't. boyfriend. I, I just don't. And she and it was very direct and to the point and concise and there was no wavering or anything. And instead, it was just like it took five months to get that that those direct sentences out. Whereas in the first couple of months, if I were to tell her how I felt, and she'd be like, just so you know, I'm not in it for this. If you are, we should have a conversation. But um, at least have those definitions laid out a little bit earlier. But might be the only thing that, that comes to mind. Do you think that she knew from the beginning that she did not want a relationship or do you think she had to like kind of be in this sort of relationship and going through the relationship motions to realize that it's not what she was trying to do? I, I think based on what she told me the night we split, I think she knew she didn't want it. And I think that's what I mean by personal philosophy where it might've caught her off guard. It might've been like, you know, Oh, one of my, one of my, one of my girlfriends at work is, is saying, Hey, you should meet this guy. And you know, who knows how that's going to go. And you know, it might've taken her off guard and she liked me more than she thought she would, or she probably just enjoyed like I did. She enjoyed the consistency of the company and in the, and just the positive kind of uh, vibes that we were kind of giving and being able to have something together to go through kind of the daily and the weekly grind with. Like, I think she does like the companionship. She does like having someone in yeah. her life in that way it's just that she kind of you know whenever something gets to a certain point now we have to like oh now i gotta now i gotta let another one go because it's now we've reached the point of no return again and and i'm just not there for reasons that she you know kind of keeps keeps uh privately 
and I do see people go through that. And that is a really tough position to be in. Like, you know, a friend called me last night asking for advice about this guy who she told me about a month ago, a, a friend of a friend who she like hooked up with one night and thought he was super hot and they had been like texting and flirting. She's like, but I would never actually date him or like have feelings for him. I'm just like, it's just fun. And yeah. she called me last night being like, I am still talking to him. We've now hung out like five times. I'm going away for a few weeks. Like I want to see him before I go. And I'm like, you like him? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, what happened to like, him being super hot and it being fun, but you not wanting anything. She's like, I still don't want anything. And I'm like, but you like him. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you see, there's two directions that this could go in either. It, yeah. You do end up wanting something or what you're going to keep doing this and having fun and spending more time together. And your feelings are going to get deeper. And then you're both going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, like, it sucks. Cause it's a tough position to be in on that side too. Yeah. It sucks for everyone. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. 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 If I had a dollar for every time someone told me like, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault in this situation. You know, I could have, I could have been pretty rich, but yeah, it's just, it's yeah. funny, but it really kind of kickstarted me. And that's really kind of like the growth aspect of it that where it comes into play where for whatever reason we, we've all had this where some hit harder than others and some just, just take a bigger toll. And for whatever reason, this one took a bigger toll than a lot of the other ones in my past. And so it kind of really kickstarted me onto a new path of like trying to be the best possible me that I can for that reason alone. It's like, what can I get personal fulfillment out of so that I'm personally fulfilled? And I have that. And if someone comes into my life that I can share that with in a complimentary way, then that's a much healthier way of going about it. Because in this situation, I was almost like we were kind of getting back into a healthier thing together. And yet we were approaching going through these healthier things in a different way. And so all of my kind of positive, like getting back with the friends, doing things as a group, kind of like doing things together, seeing new things, going to different places, kind of going back out post COVID, like all of these things were associated to some degree with her because we were doing them together or with a, a communicable group. So it was just like, that was a, a thing. Like for whatever reason, it just kind of like, it was one of those, all right, that's it. Had enough. Like, you know, you keep doing things the same way. You can't be expecting different results. And so I've really tried to invest a lot over the last few months into things that I normally would never do and things that I'm like, well, what can I do to put myself out there to try something else to feel good, to get fulfillment out of it? Number one, seeing a therapist. Number two, uh, you know, of all things, which sounds kind of funny, but like kind of re-engaging on the apps, but going and getting professional photos done, going on a shoot with a photographer, having something that, you know, I can look at and say, yeah, like, you know, it can boost self-confidence. Um, learning a new language because one of my oldest friends is getting married next year and he lives abroad. So honing skills, doing things like, you know, signing up for, you know, cocktail classes as they're called, where, you know, one of my favorite bars down the road from my apartment is holding these things once a month where they give you a couple of recipes and you go and you actually go behind the bar and you make it yourself and they give you some souvenirs and, and, uh, and you can kind of sign up for it and, and do some stuff that way. So it's these things that are like, you're doing them for your own fulfillment, 
and you're kind of stacking them together, but you're also learning a skill, but you're also feeling good about yourself doing it. That's independent of the person that you just had. That's dependent yes. on the feeling that you're going to give getting out of whatever activity you're doing. And so all of those things have been kind of like my, my priority in the last few months, um, where that's been the main focus of just trying to do that stuff. And organically, the hope is, is that that stuff will be made apparent to the people that you interact with. And then now all these things that you have to offer will be made apparent, and then that will be attractive to somebody. And when that happens, you're not just dependent on that person liking that or liking you. It's you have this and you're sharing that with them. And then they now, like we said earlier, becomes a compliment to a routine that you've gotten yourself into that starts at kind of the self-fulfillment level. And then they kind of turbocharge that as another person. Exactly. You know, someone just asked me on AMA that I'm doing on the story today, how I seem to balance my relationship and my friendships at the same time so well. And my response was like, I don't know that I do it so well. You know, some of my friends might disagree, but in this relationship specifically, like I actively tried and actively make an effort every week and every day to not have my relationship be my entire world. And I think that's something I've learned from past relationships where I just wanted it to work out so badly that I thought that any moment I wasn't with them or thinking about them or talking about them was a moment in which they were becoming like further away from me and from the idea of this possibly working out. And that was a really unhealthy thing for me to do because when it ultimately didn't work out, in part to the fact that I put so much pressure on it working out, when it didn't work out, I was at rock bottom. I felt like I had to re-figure out who I was because I lost myself in the relationship. And so I'm probably not perfect at, you know, balancing everything, but I am actively trying to. And I think what you're doing is so great because you're finding all of these things. A, you're putting yourself out there, which is amazing. You're learning new things, but you're finding all of these things that you're doing for you and that, you know, you might not be doing this cocktail thing forever, but like you're finding these things and creating this world for yourself and these things that fulfill you. And A, someone's going to be attracted to that exactly like you said. And B, you're going to have all these other things that yes, you can do with them sometimes, but you're also, it's this own world that you have. And I feel like a relationship should be a Venn diagram where on one side, is you and your life and your world. The other side is them and their life and their world. And then you have that middle part where you come together and you have the shared things that you do, the shared restaurants you go to, the shared friends you have, but you also still have those separate sides. And I right. think you're setting yourself up for success in that right now. Right. And, you know, not for nothing, but from what friends tell me and just in general, I, I, am, I can take a little bit of comfort in the fact that I know... It's kind of, it's been, that's been the process of kind of the self-work and the self kind of um, boosting of confidence, if you will. But at the end of the day, I think it's still valid that when someone says you didn't do anything wrong, there's still a takeaway there. It wasn't yeah. like you can point to something directly and be like, oh, well, that happened. I did this wrong. Something happened that caused it. Like, you can't kind of trace the breadcrumbs back that way. Like, I can at least take some solace in the fact that most of the people that I've spoken to, if not all of them, have said, yeah, you're fine. Like you're everything that you did, your approach 
the way that you were treating people, like what you bring to the table, like all of that is just a matter of reinforcing that notion of, you know, what you bring to the table, yeah. you know, that it's valuable. It's just that it's just whoever receives that and how they interpret it, that becomes, that becomes whether it succeeds or not. Exactly. But, you, you know, know it's, you... That, it's the kind of reinforcement that I'm trying to get into habit of. Yeah, you communicated, you knew what you wanted, you went for it, you were respectful, you were thoughtful, you were patient, and you gave someone like the benefit of the doubt multiple times. And I think all of those things are really admirable. And it's, if you were to repeat all of those things in the future with somebody who you were equally compatible with, who did want something, it probably would work. And yeah. that's both beautiful yet frustrating. <laughs> Very. And, you know, just because, you know, everything kind of comes up in these little, uh, these little ironic ways when everything was going on, all of a sudden I'm on, you know, I'm on my phone and, and one of my friends texted me this thing and it says, you know, my last relationship taught me you can be the whole package at the wrong address. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of what it is. You know, just, there's all these quotes that are flying around the internet that just kept hammering me when this was going on. And I'm like, yeah, that, and that one, and that one, and that one, like all of it's just like, yep, yep, yep. And it just reminds me of a lot of that too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have to say like, I am, and I know I mentioned this when we like last spoke, like I am really proud of you and I hope you're really proud of yourself for how far you have come and how you've, you know, reflected on this and turned it into a positive experience, even though it definitely, I'm sure wasn't easy and still at sometimes isn't. But I think you're doing everything and more. And I know that there will be somebody out there who is going to be so lucky to find you. It's just a matter of who and when. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's the goal. Yeah. But we'll keep at it. One last question. Yeah. Hope you're ready. Um, the question, I think I know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best piece of dating advice that you've ever received? Uh, you know, I've thought about this and it's funny because after we first chatted, like again, in a, in a way of just the, the universe being a little bit ironic sometimes after we first spoke a couple of days later, I was like going out doing some errands on the weekend. I was out of target and picking up some stuff and I was waiting in line. And there was this guy with a hoodie on and just kind of big burly guy, bald head and a big pointy beard. And he had this like funny looking hoodie on, but there was a quote on the back. And it was like, it was some kind of like whiskey or bourbon type of branded shirt. But underneath it says, never water yourself down just because someone can't handle you at a hundred proof. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense, you know? And I'm like, that's, that might be the best way of surmising this whole experience and what I've happened or what's happened over the past year to maybe, you know, five to six months, I should say, not a year, but this whole situation really kind of gets summed up that way. And it's kind of been like a little, you know, little reminder, it's perfect for a little post-it note on your desk or in the car. Like, it's just when you get a little doubtful and stuff comes back up, you know, when, when there's chances of kind of re-engaging, because again, we have similar friends. So if there's to get, you know, get togethers where something might, cause you to be a little nervous, just like have a couple of things, remember your post-it note. And I saw that and I thought that was so poetic and ironic at the same time, because I knew you were coming up and I thought that was <laughs> going to be my answer going forward. I love that. I hope you have 
bought yourself that sweatshirt. If not, I hope yeah. you are planning on doing <laughs> exactly. it. That yeah. is awesome. And and that reminds, I've, I've definitely never heard it phrased in that way. And I think that that's so great. And I hope whoever came up with that slogan has gotten a raise or a promotion. Um, yeah. But yeah, that reminds me of, you know, it's like when somebody says you're too much, it's like, well, maybe that person's not enough and you're never going to be too much for the right person. And you should not try and like, dumb yourself down or make yourself less than you are for anyone because you are who you are and and you're amazing the way you are and the goal is to find somebody who loves you for you and for all the things that you are and for all the things that you're not and it's something that is like so important to stay true to so I love that and I love that you found it on the sweatshirt (laughs) I think that's amazing Right. It just, you know, you can never tell. You just, when you're out, it just has a way of, of coming up and, and kind of speaking to you where you are on that day or in that moment. And it's just kind of ironic, but I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a sign that's worth it. Exactly. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and for sharing your story and keep us updated. I'm excited for you and for this next chapter. And to anyone, everyone who listened, thank you for tuning in. Please send this episode to a friend who would love to hear it. I know there's someone out there who can relate to so much in this episode and share it on your story if you loved it. And don't forget, if you have something you want to talk about on on Unfiltered, you can always shoot me an email, seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. All right. I will talk to you guys later.